Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ of St. Paul, located in Matamidi, Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to fccstpaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Our texts this morning are actually two texts. The first is from Revelation 3, verses 14 through 22. And to the church and to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the origin of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. You do not realize that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Therefore, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white robes to clothe you and to keep you keep the shame of your nakedness from being seen and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see i reprove and discipline those whom i love be earnest therefore and repent listen i am standing at the door knocking if you hear my voice and open the door I will come into you and eat with you and you with me. To the one who conquers, I will give a place with me on my throne, just as I myself conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Our second passage for today comes from the Gospel of Mark, Chapter 8, verses 31 through 38. Then Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. For you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in glory, in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
Amen. It seems like in our never-ending culture wars, we always find something to argue about. Sometimes we argue about the words that are said. Now, recently there have been, unfortunately, a spate of many, several mass shootings. And in the aftermath of such events, there are lawmakers that will tend to at times say that they have these people who are either have passed to families or those who are injured that their thoughts and prayers are with them. Now, thoughts and prayers has kind of become a joke or really a term that we like to, that can be a term of derision. In reality, it's a greeting. It's a word of thinking about people. And frankly, I get a bit annoyed at the bickering every time that this, after an event like this, where people tend to get upset about people talking about thoughts and prayers. And if anyone knows about this, of course, this all is bound up in the issue over guns where those who are in favor of um, restrictions are usually upset when people offer thoughts and prayers, but nothing more. And those in favor offer thoughts and prayers and are upset that people think that prayers don't work. The thing is though, the critics have a point. Prayers matter. Thoughts about people in need matter. So there's nothing to say that prayer is useless. And, and keeping people in your thoughts and prayers does matter. But as theologian Miroslav Volf has said, there is something a bit hypocritical about saying the word thoughts and prayers but then leaving it at that. In an interview um, in the aftermath of the 2017 shooting that took place in Las Vegas, Miroslav Wolf was interviewed by Kirsten Powers of the Washington Post, and this is what he said about thoughts and prayers. It's analogous to what's going on in the book of James, verse, verse, chapter 2, verse 16. If a person says to those who are cold and hungry, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? Or if you look at the story of the Good Samaritan, we can easily imagine that the priest, who walked by a person robbed and left half-dead by the road, prayed as he was passing by. Still, he was a bad priest. The Samaritan was good because he did something to help the suffering person. Now thoughts and prayers are really not limited to the gun issue. It can relate to anyone, anyone that offers words but doesn't really back it up with anything. They're just words. For these people, it is easier to stay on the sidelines 
than it is to actually get involved and engaged and take a step of faith. Now, in today's text in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and Peter had just revealed that Jesus is the Christ or the Messiah. Now, that word, Messiah, has some importance in Jewish culture because it was referred to at many times to kings. And that could get people like Peter and the disciples excited because if someone is a, the Christ, the Messiah, then they are going to be the true ruler, the true ruler of Israel, the one that will come in and kick out the Romans. But Jesus isn't interested in that. He decides to put the kibosh on that kind of thinking. And he starts to talk about the fact that he's going to endure suffering, that he's going to be put to death and rise from the dead three days later. And Peter is not having it. He tells Jesus, this is not going to happen to you. This can't happen to you. You are supposed to be the king. You're supposed to kick out the Romans. Peter was angry. Jesus was supposed to be the Messiah, and he wasn't acting like it. And Jesus responds harshly, and he rebukes Peter, and he says, get behind me, Satan, which in some ways is basically saying, get out of the way. You are in my, put on my, in my way. Stop playing safe. And Jesus then tells the rest of the disciples in the crowd that to live for yourself is to lose your life. But to lose your life for his sake means in the end you will find it. Peter had words, but he really didn't understand what those words meant. And he didn't understand what the words meant to Jesus. And that the word of being the Messiah meant something to Jesus. And it wasn't what Peter thought it was. Now, in the third chapter of Revelation, the writer here is talking about the church in the city of Laodicea. Now, Laodicea is, was a city in what is now modern-day Turkey. And Laodicea was a pretty well-to-do place. So well-to-do that several decades before Revelation was written, there was an earthquake. And they didn't ask for aid. They had enough money to rebuild the city. And some years after this book was written, another earthquake hit. They still didn't ask for help because they were doing well. They were rich and they could pay for it. So it was a very well-to-do place. But they had a problem. And it was the water. Now, nearby Laodicea, there were healing springs. And people came uh, to come to these springs. They had warm water, hot water, and that really helped them. Now, that water was connected. And so they, the city drew that water from those springs. But by the time it got to Laodicea, it was no longer hot. It was tepid. And it also wasn't really that good to drink. In fact, it could kind of 
be stomach churning. And that's kind of where that metaphor comes from, where the writer is saying that the people are neither hot nor cold. And that basically because of that, and because basically the water isn't great for your tummy, he's going to spew it out. They trusted in Laodicea of their resources. But their resources, in some ways, couldn't deal with the water. And they also trusted that God would always take, that they also trusted that they didn't need God. They were doing okay. And the writer was basically saying, well, if you don't need God, God doesn't need you. These two passages tell us basically that if we want to be a people of hope, if we as churches, as people want to be people of hope, we also have to be a people of action. We can't just sit on the side sidelines. We cannot just feel self-satisfied about ourselves, especially like the people in Laodicea. We can't simply say that we believe in Jesus, just like Mark said, as important as that is. We also must be willing to get our hands dirty, to be active, to be involved. And sometimes that means taking risks, which is what Jesus was talking about when he says that he was going to be abused by the leaders. We have to accept a savior that is willing to suffer and to die for our salvation and realize that this might just be our fate as well. It probably won't, but it could. To be a people of hope, we have to be willing to take up our crosses and follow Jesus. And to follow Jesus means that we are gonna move beyond thoughts and prayers. It's a willingness to take a risk to believe in the hope of Jesus Christ and to proclaim Jesus, not just in our words, but also in our actions. In doing so, we place our trust in Jesus and we move from being lukewarm to being hot. John ends the passage in, Reve in, in Revelations 3 by saying that Jesus stands at the door knocking. I can remember when I was younger hearing or seeing a picture of this, and you've probably seen it too. I saw this at my aunt's house, and I always showed Jesus knocking at a door. Jesus still knocks. Will we let him in? Not just as individuals, but also as communities of faith that are willing to follow Jesus, even if it costs. Are we willing to make thoughts and prayers become more than words, but also to become action. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. That's fcc 
S-A-I-N-T-P-A-U-L.org. May God be with you in the coming week.